Welcome back to Pool Talk, the podcast where we talk about the value of swimming pools in the UK and just how important it is to get people swimming. Episodes are released every Tuesday on Spotify and on Google Podcasts. If you want to get in touch, please send us an email to pooltalkuk at outlook.com or find us on Facebook. Hello, everybody. As we prepare for our pools to reopen, we need to look at how we attract people back into them. Over the last 12 months or so, many people have been working out at home or exercising outdoors, and they've missed the contact with other people, and now we need to rekindle that relationship. The industry has always had to market itself to attract people to come in and spend money. Swimming facilities have always been plentiful in the UK, but that means that they've always had to be competitive as well. Now is the time then to review how pools are marketed and how we can use the tools that we now have available to us. Should we have a marketing strategy? And if we do, what good does it do us? What can we do to attract our customers to return? And which is more important, the new customer or the returning customer? Questions that we would like to put to our next guest. Well, Edwina Silva is a renowned expert in marketing, selling, and now in the use of social media as a marketing tool. Edwina also has significant amount of experience in the very competitive commercial operations. So it is a privilege for Mike and me to welcome Edwina to today's podcast. We are both sure that she will give us her views on the role that pools can take to maximize their performance as they return. Edwina, I can go back so far that I can understand that a swimming pool manager in the dark ages had to be able to market his or her pool themselves. When they were all owned and operated by local authorities, it was one of the few services that had to be bought by council tax payers after they had paid their council tax. It was almost like a double payment. And that's why pool managers were actually quite good at marketing their facilities. They had to. They had to attract people in. So now we're in 2021. What would, you, what would your definition of marketing be? I think that's a rather good question because... A lot of people get this confused. Marketing is really about the promotion of uh, products and services so that your target market is actually aware of what it is that you offer. Now, there are two key things there. First of all, promotion and target market. Promotion is not selling. Selling comes after the promotion and the awareness and and the actual marketing side of it. Um, And you hope that the selling, the sale, is the end result. But the target market, if you don't know who your customer is, either based on what you're currently offering or what you're targeting to go toward a new market, then how can you design a marketing plan to attract those people? So it's a bit of a reverse engineering almost. Um, And one of the first things you need to do is evaluate what you've done that works, what you've done that doesn't work, and identify exactly who your customer is and for any new products and services, who your customer wants to be so that you can actually aim your activity and your strategy and be effective 
because so many people are uh, doing marketing in one form or another, but it's not effective. It's not bringing in the people through the door that they're expecting it to get. So we're going back almost, as you say, in the past, it was a service that was automatically done. It was part underneath the uh, council's heading. And of course, the pool managers had to do it themselves. But of course, so many places now have marketing departments and there's a sort of a little bit of a mystique about what marketing does. But it is just simply the promotion of what you offer. I, th I think that I think that's so relevant because even back in the day, um, we would have marketing assistants. Um, but I would, you know, when I was managing, I would go out and we would we would look at developing um, uh, an event. Um, and we would set a strategy, a, a plan, if you like. Um, who do you want to attend it? Uh, what sort of numbers we should be getting? To you know, which in those days that that was that was more or less the definition of success, uh, which is usually a financial success. To make this successful, we need 20, 40, 100 people to attend, etc., whatever it might be. But the marketing of it then, in those days, was then putting that information as a leaflet in a newspaper, drawing up a poster, writing to people. Now, that has changed. We don't necessarily use newspapers very much anymore, thank heavens. Mm. Posters, um, uh, there's still some around. But, but what's changed, do you think, in the way that Wet Leisure is able to market itself these days compared to then? It's interesting that because, you know, posters, you mentioned those, um, they can only be seen by the people who see the poster where it's put. And where do they put it? They put it inside the, the swimming pool or the spa centre or whatever. Posters don't go outside to catch people's attention. So they have a very limited value uh, nowadays. The big thing now, of course, is, is social media and word of mouth. And this is really where your strategy should come in. Um, really, the ideal thing is that you should have a strategy set out for the whole 12 months ahead of you. And, th and there are certain things that should automatically be there. I mean, January, one of the first things in January, everybody's just about everybody wants to get fit. So anybody with pool facilities, um, spa facilities, gym facilities, classes, anything like that. That's one of the first things we're going to think about is getting new members in in January on the basis that it's almost a tradition to go and join a gym or rejoin a gym or, or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's what we used to call the Christmas pudding club. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after, after, oh, I've got to get to the gym and get some weight off. And, um, and even then, I'm, you know, I am going back a, a while now, even then uh, we would offer a, a three-month membership because we knew that a lot of those people after three months, you know, wouldn't be there. Yeah, and this is it because their, their determination has dwindled you know it's too yeah. much like hard work or yeah. something else is going on and all the yeah. weather started to get better and they'd rather be outside than inside in the gym and yeah. well, it's not working yeah you know but, but but financially it was it was very very it was very good just to have a, a single single payment for for say a three-month membership january february march absolutely and if you can get that sort of flexibility where people will take a three-month membership as opposed to an annual membership yeah then you know that you're going to cash in. It works. Yeah. It works extremely well. Yeah. But what about all the rest of the months, though? You know, each of these months should have at least one or two things that you're aiming for. And, and you, you've, got, you've got the traditional stuff. So you've got January. 
Mm. Um, February, February, most people automatically think about Valentine's. Yeah. But we've also or, got or half school term. half terms. Yes. Half term, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what do you do with the kids during half term? Are you running special classes? You know, this sort of thing. March, uh, kids are back in school. The weather's starting to get better, but you've got Mother's Day. So how about giving mum a membership or a spa treatment or something like that to get people through the door? April, well, usually that's Easter. And of course, it's kids are off on holiday again. May, you've got all the May holidays, uh, Whitson. But also, it's starting to come into the warmer weather. So the outside classes, um, if, if they've got outside facilities, or if they're able to do classes outside and to look at. You've then got June, so people are starting to look forward towards the summer. But you've also got Wimbledon. Yeah, May and June. You've also got people who are booking summer holidays and begin to think, oh, we must make sure the kids can swim if we're going to go on holiday, etc. So, yeah, it's yeah. a good time to promote swimming lessons. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, of course, got to get bikini right. Um, you've got to be look good for the beach. So you get Which this I uplift do. I in do, yeah. gyms, you know. And so you go through the whole year, there is at least one or two things that you can put in and start promoting and working your marketing around that is specifically based on that year and then you assess it it's very important that you do that find out what works what doesn't work you know repeat what works drop what doesn't work or tweak it if you can do something every single month then you've got a strategy and a plan to work towards and and the strategy would that would would you say there ought to be some sort of measurable effect like numbers or income or uh, retention or whatever so you, that yeah. would give you the uh, review afterwards whether it was successful or not absolutely because at the end of the day it's the number of people who come through the door and spend money which is what it's all about mm. and particularly mm. with the lockdowns that everyone's had I don't think people have realized just how much they've missed these facilities until they've been taken away from them I'm hoping that when the facilities are open again there is going to be a deluge of people coming through the door and that the pools and spas and various things are, are, are going to be ready for that. But you can't bank on that. You have to make sure that you're doing that marketing to capture those people, you know, and, and making them aware that you are going to be opening or opening soon and, and, and all this type of thing and doing something with it. And this brings me on to another point with the marketing. A lot of organisations don't talk to their customers. Once they've got the customer, they tend to ignore them. They don't look after them. And as we know, it's far more expensive to get a new customer than it is to look after an existing customer. You're so right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they keep chasing new customers all the time, but they're not doing enough to look after their existing customers. And that can be done in so many different ways. It can be done for loyalty bonuses, you know, come in, mm. get one coffee, buy a coffee and get get another one free, bring a friend at half price and all manner of different things and the special offers and things that you can I, do for your existing customers. I think in a lot of places it would just help if, if actually the customer was spoken to as, as, as a customer, as a, a, a friend almost, rather than just, well, you know, here's my money, off you go. Well, that's it. Sometimes people leave all um, bars and pools and things because they don't feel wanted mm. they don't feel yeah, nurtured so or cherished in any way and if you can look after your existing customers you've then got that base come back week in week out year in year out that you can count on when it comes to i don't know if this is the right time to 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 change tack a bit but but when it comes to contacting people you mentioned social media um, most facilities these days 
have an enormous amount of data. Now, we all understand the GDPR restrictions on using personal yes. data. But when you think about it, virtually every pool or leisure center, hotel, school, etc., would have um, data on names, email addresses, contact points. Can that actually be used? Yes, definitely. Providing you worked within the GDPR rules, and if you, depending on how the information was collated and in what format it's in, there is no reason why you can't use that to, if you think about it, um, keep your existing customers aware of what's going on and then what you're doing for them. Even in lockdown, they should be talking to them. Mm-hmm. Past customers, you know, you'd like to have them to come back. So how about a special offer? Do, do the, you know... Um, three months for the price, uh, four months for the price of three or that sort of type of offer to get them to come back and try the facilities again. Mm. Um, sometimes you catch them just at the right time. And then obviously um, people who've made inquiries, who, who's come along and looked but didn't join for whatever reason, try and give them some sort of incentive or whatever. But yeah, emails are very, very important. Should, uh, in, in your opinion, Andrina, should every pool have its own Facebook page? Other, yes. other, other social media platforms are available, by the way. Yeah, oh, of course, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, they should do, uh, because that, again, is, is if you have a Facebook page, um, you have a way of telling people to a, a very wide audience um, what you're doing, what's going on, newsworthy items. Um, you know, the coffee shop's open. It's got a new menu. Uh, we're mm. bringing in this treatment. We're starting that class. We've got a new instructor starting. We've got the swimming classes starting. We're doing the baby bug classes, whatever. And, you know, the water's warm, come on in, all, all this type of thing. Um, you can be doing posts going out to interested people every two or three days. And that is part and parcel of keeping in contact with um, your existing database and people that you don't know as customers yet as well who see it and say this looks pretty good and active I, I quite like the feel of this it's warm it's friendly they're doing something oh look there's so-and-so in there all of this is important that's a lot of it's a lot of work to um, look after a social media page and I know a lot of the bigger facilities will have staff who are dedicated to doing that as their job but what about facilities that aren't big enough to have someone who's dedicated to social media or advertising per se, how could they go about doing what you're saying in a regular way that gets people through the door? Again, it comes down to your marketing and strategy plan. If you actually earmark this as part and parcel of the activity, if you have, a, for instance, a Facebook page, we're talking about if you only do one post a week and then someone, a deputy manager, um, a pool manager or someone can be it as part of their job. Mm, right but I think you're actually fine a lot of people are quite interested in this type of thing and are quite happy providing it doesn't become an onerous boring task where they're expected to monitor and post and respond etc day in day out and takes them away from their main duties but you usually find there's one or two people who are really quite interested in this in an organization who would be very happy to do Mm. a little bit Mm. and and the big thing is on a regular basis basis yeah if you can organize it so you do something once a week preferably twice but once a week minimum then you're actually making quite a huge progress on that and would you recommend it being the same time every week or does it matter if you post you know monday morning and then the next week you post 
Tuesday afternoon sort of thing? Is it, it better? It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't okay. matter because it's going on the page and the people who are looking at that page will see it. So um, they, they'd get a notification to say that there's a, there's a post there and when they get round to it, they can click on it and go and have a look and see what it's about. Um, I've got certain groups that I, I check into on a daily basis on Facebook just to see what's going on and in case there's anything I want to respond to. Others, I might only dip in if there's something special um, or once a week or, or less, depending what it, how much what my interest is at the end of the day. It shouldn't have to be an onerous task. It should be something which you do with enjoyment and a sense of fun, because that's what you're trying to bring over, that you are a warm, friendly place to come to, to come to swim, to come to do exercise, whatever it is. I, th- I think that's so important. And, and it's it's just a refreshing change as well, Edwina, because from my point of view, nearly all pools, small and large, that have electronic systems in place, there'll be somebody there that nearly every day will go to find out whether they've had any complaints. Has, has, anybody, has anybody made any disparaging comments? So mm. they look at things from the negative point of view, whereas it would take probably even less time to look at the positive point of view and use that couple of minutes when they're looking at complaints to actually post something positive about it. It's, it's a whole new mindset, I think. And possibly now, when pools have had the, the worst year in their existence in terms of business, now is the time to make that change. Let's look at the positive. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, if someone makes a positive comment, boast about it. Make sure everybody sees it. If someone does make a negative comment, use it as a positive experience to put that negative experience right. Mm. Earn brownie points by being seen, visibly being seen, to put it right. Apologise to them. Ask them what went wrong. Ask them so that you can learn not to have, repeat the same mistake. I always think that sometimes you earn more kudos for being seen putting something that went wrong right than you do from getting it right all the time. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I can always remember uh, talking with students that uh, if they have made a mistake, giving an apology usually takes the wind out of somebody's sails because yeah. they don't expect it. They usually expect an argument rather than an apology. If the apology is by way of putting something right, so, so much the better. Even now, you know, I know we've, we've moved now from newspaper and leaflets and envelopes being sent out to electronic but the principle is still the same there is a big difference in that because although the marketing strategy is the same the tools that we're using now are completely Mm. different we're not using newspapers and in newspapers it's very it takes you know the next newspaper to come out for someone to comment on a post of something you've put on the previous newspaper whereas nowadays the marketing strategies are being communicated with directly with the customer. So the customer can say immediately, that doesn't work for me or whatever it is. And we're talking about negative comments versus positive comments. Even if you've got a thousand positive comments, a lot of people will scroll through the comments to look at that one negative one to see what the the thing that this facility has done wrong. So how can you combat that? How can you come back against that? Uh, by if, if there's a negative comment, you've got to welcome it. Mm. You've got to see it as an opportunity. You've got to thank them. You've got to apologise to them, first of all, that they've had a problem. You've got to thank them for bringing it to your attention. Because, you know, if, if you don't like something or something's gone wrong and you don't tell anybody at the place where it went wrong, how can they put it right? Mm. Yeah. You know, what's the usual thing? You know, if something goes right, you tell one person. If it goes wrong, you tell 10. 
Mm. And, and this is so true. So if they actually contact you with a negative, then really you should you should thank them and you should welcome and, and say to them, I'm so grateful that you've brought this to our attention. We've now got an opportunity to make sure that we can look into this and this does not happen again, for, not, not for you, but also for everybody else. And we're very, and you, you take that sort of positivity approach to it, you take the wind out of their sails, you take mm. the steam away completely, yeah. and you turn it into a positive action. And then you action it. You bring it up at your next staff meeting to say, right, we've had a problem with this. Does anybody know anything about it, how it went about, what happened? What can we do to, to you know, negate this and make sure it doesn't happen again? What do we need to look out for? Has it highlighted a, a health and safety issue? Was it a hygiene issue? Was it the changing rooms were messy and nobody bothered to pick up the dirty tissues or whatever it was? All this type of thing. It just means that usually there's something that's gone wrong with the procedures and the staff need to be advised and aware it's, it's very rare that, that the complaint is one that can't be put right yeah yeah, yeah. so actually yeah. the most important thing is to acknowledge the complaint reply to it so that if anyone else when anyone else sees that yeah. on the social media site whichever one it is they're not deterred from coming to that facility because it's the complaint has happened but it's been seen to have been dealt with yeah, that's also one of the big advantages these days of social media, because before social media, if somebody complained, you'd respond to that one person, that one person only. So that one person would see that something uh, had been done. But now, if one person makes that comment about, I don't know, the dirty change rooms or whatever, then the result of that can be posted on a social media site and everybody can see what's happening, not, yes. not just that one person. Do you know, this is taking me so far back into, into what we used to teach, you know, talking about SWOT analyses, you know, looking at opportunities. Oh, yes, and, yes. But Rebecca's absolutely right. You know, the methodology has changed, but the principles are exactly the same. Mm. They haven't changed, and you're absolutely right about that. But the yeah. other big thing that has changed is the speed. Because of the technology, as you yes. say, Rebecca, it's now the speed at which these things happen. Yeah. You can post something, you can get instant likes, responses to that post, absolutely instant, whether it's a case that you're doing an event and people say, yes, I'm interested, and immediately register their interest in it, literally by a click of a button. And likewise, something goes wrong, you can be seen to be dealing with it within minutes. Mm literally the same day that it appears you could be dealing with it or have dealt with it as opposed to something which is sitting there festering away so this is the biggest change of all is the speed of which technology allows us to, to uh, find these things and deal with them and there was there was another little uh, saying that we used to use and it's still the same now and and speed has got a lot to do with it uh, we used to say it was it was much cheaper to uh, to retain a member than it was to get a new member. I suppose we can say, you know, not, well, I suppose it's cheaper in time, but it's much easier now to keep a member than, than it is to, to get new, new members. It is. Um, um, and, and you're absolutely right. We, when I was involved in selling, it used to cost at least 10 times yeah. the cost to get a new customer than it did to look after existing clients. Everyone used to be focused on new business, new business, new business, and then totally ignore the ones that they'd bought on board. Mm. I worked for a company once where I, I set up a brand new department and we took over all the accounts that the sales force didn't want. Mm. And of course, all we did was just service those, set those, those accounts. 
But the accounts we got were some major, major blue chip companies because mm. they just didn't see the value in them. Mm. Well, mm. my team and I, we just hit them. And I have to say, um, the service they got was outstanding, naturally. Um, but for the first time ever, someone was ringing them up and saying, hi, how are you? How are things going? Anything we can do for you? Is everything all right? Have you got enough of this? Have you got enough of that? And, and of course, we were selling into them left, right and centre. And of course, as soon as the sales force realised that we were selling into these, they wanted these accounts back because yeah, suddenly yeah. they were highly profitable accounts because they'd been serviced correctly, um, whereas they just completely ignored them, you know, with bonuses and various things. I and my team um, made a small fortune out of that. Uh, we were very well paid just Ooh. for doing, I know. Don't say things like that around here. Yeah, <laughs> People are going to want pay. All we were doing <laughs> was servicing and looking after and keeping in contact with existing mm. clients. We weren't looking for new business. Mm. We were just looking after existing clients and mm. making sure that they were happy. So when it came down round to their annual renewal, it just automatically went through without a second thought. Yeah. So there's no I, I think that has got, got a parallel as well in, in our industry, Edwina, because um, now I know this happens in a lot of the bigger um management companies and the bigger organizations but i'm not sure if it happens in in the smaller ones possibly because they say they haven't got time but you know a small organization said we've done ever so well we've recruited 25 new members last month really really pleased with ourselves but do they know how many members they lost Oh, now, now, now that that can be the gym member the center member it can be the kids on swimming lessons it, it can be it can apply to anything because if you get if you recruit 25 new members, but you've had 30 that don't renew, yes. then that's failure. 25 new members, and you've only lost 15, that's success. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you're gaining the whole time. And again, it's yes. down to how people look at it. And yeah. that's the overview. And again, with technology, it's so easy yeah. um, with your databases and things to see. It's so much easier nowadays with social media to look after those those older clients that, that have been you know loyal for years because put a post out and they all see it because they'll all be following that page they'll all be yeah. getting the notifications already so it's it is much easier to contact them and make sure they're happy than it is to get the message out that you're a facility and people should come to you yeah mm -hmm. and there's something else as well with the technology on the database is you can see because most people have to either sign in or swipe in you can see whether or not their use to the facilities are dwindling and there's no reason why you can't get in contact with them to say we haven't seen you for a while we're missing you what can we do to bring you back it's very important is looking after the new new customer, uh, the existing customer. Just as an example of that, uh, last year, before we had the COVID-19 lockdowns, I booked a couple of flights for myself and my wife. And because of the lockdown, they were rescheduled. And OK, you know, I had them rescheduled, had an email saying that we've um, remade them for such and such date. And which was I was very grateful for. And then a week afterwards, I had a, a round robin email. New customers book with us now and you get a 40% discount. Well, hang on a minute, you know, what about me now? I've spent all my money, I'm not getting 40% off. But if I if I just booked now, I would have had 40% off. And that is very, very annoying. And it's usually where the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. It's where yeah. there's no cohesive plan in the strategy they are concentrating their efforts on getting new people in and not looking after the existing loyal people and a lot of there are a lot of people out there have got stories like that 
I, th I think a lot of places, I think a, a lot of facilities in the legend industry will say, oh, yeah, that's all very good, but we do that. We do look after our existing people. And I'm sure there are a lot that, that do. But, but I'm just wondering now whether this wouldn't be uh, an opportune moment as we emerge from lockdowns, et cetera, hopefully for the very last time, mm. is for people to take a step back and think, well, do we actually look after our, our existing members? You know, have we done everything possible to make sure that, that we retain these people, whether they're members paying an annual subscription, whether just the casual user or whatever? Um, and I'm just wondering if now might be an opportune moment to really sit back and really take a cold look at marketing strategies, marketing plans, measuring our performance against that strategy then to yeah. determine whether it's um, success or failure. Having a plan on a piece of paper is relatively straightforward. Ma yeah. making, it, making it work is the hard bit. Oh, at, at, always, yeah. You know, designing is easy. Implementing mm. it and following it through is always going to be the hardest part. But you're absolutely right. If you don't look after your existing customers, why are you bothering to bring in all your effort into getting new customers? And don't forget the ones that have lapsed. They actually came to you at one stage. Why are they not coming back? What, what can you do to get them back through that door? They, you, you had that sale once, so something's happened. Were they, were they not looked after? Did they not feel important? Mm. You know, did you not have the right classes or, or, or times for them or whatever? There's three types of customers. You've got your new, you've got your existing, and you've got your lapsed. And all three areas need to be catered for. But talking to your existing customers is absolutely vital. Mm. And a lot of this comes down just to making sure that when we take people's details, contact emails, contact phone numbers, etc., is just to make sure that we have their permission through GDPR to use that information and contact them. Yeah. So yeah, again, you, you know, and it could be just a text. You know, you have yeah. a text system whereby you just remind them that the that the aqua classes are starting again. Yeah. And we hope you can come along to them. And it may yeah. be a person who's never been to one of those before, but as long as you've got permission to communicate with them, then do that. Get in contact with them. Thank you so much for talking to us today. It's been eye-opening, really. I've been marketing our business for a long time, but I don't, I don't think I quite looked at it in that targeted way that you've been talking about. Um, so thank you very much. You're welcome. And I just hope it's useful and that people can get something from it. We would love to hear from you, so if you have a question about today's episode, then please contact us on our Facebook page or via email, pooltalkuk at outlook.com. Pool Talk is released every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.